0: Hi, and welcome to Nation State of Play. I'm your host, Brian Miller. On each episode of this podcast, we explore high impact topics determining the future of our nation state. Our guest today is Vern Pearson, the district attorney of El Dorado County and the president of the California District Attorneys Association. District Attorney Pearson joins us to discuss an alarming new bill that's already on the governor's desk and that would fundamentally rewrite public safety laws throughout California. It's a bill you probably haven't heard of, but that could have an enormous impact on every community in our state. I hope you'll listen to this important episode. Well, District Attorney Pearson, thank you so much for making the time. Really a
1: pleasure to have you on the show. Well, it's my pleasure. Happy to be here.
0: Great. Well, could you start by just telling us a little bit about your organization and who you represent?
1: Well, I, I'm the, the elected district attorney in El Dorado County, but at the present time, I'm the elected uh, president of CDAA since July, and uh, CDAA is the California District Attorneys Association, uh, which is the statewide organization representing uh, uh, California's elected and, and uh, non-elected prosecutors. It's between 3,000 and 4,000 prosecutors in total. And uh, But we do, we do three real things, uh, uh, legislation, advocacy on behalf of the, in the criminal justice system, as well as uh, training, and then uh, publications uh, for uh, prosecutors here in California.
0: Great. Well, pleasure to have you on to talk about this bill, AB 3234. I um, want to ask you to, to give an overview of, of what it is. And then I wanna get into some of the particulars and particularly how how this came about late in session.
1: Okay, great. So it's important to set the stage from the standpoint that uh, for many years, the entire time I've been a prosecutor, there's been various experiments in diversion programs. Way back when, when I first started, there was a a diversion program for uh, uh, domestic violence at that point, that basically every every person who committed an act of domestic violence could, could get one year diversion and if they complied with their diversion for a year, their case would be dismissed. And because it was, it was a largely a failure, um, that approach, uh, that went away uh, by legislation. And then there's been several other attempts. And conceptually, we're not opposed to diversion, uh, but it has to be done under the right circumstances. And there was a, a pilot project in L.A. County uh, that was pretty successful at, at using misdemeanor diversion. And, you know, so as you understand, misdemeanor diversion is basically you get arrested for a crime, you get charged with a crime, and either after a plea or before a plea, you are, uh, I'm using air quotes, diverted. Diverted means that essentially the court puts the case over for a year or for two years. And assuming that you uh obey all laws and you don't get rearrested, you comply with the terms of your diversion, your case is dismissed and it's as though it never has happened. It just it's erased off your record and, and can't be used against you uh in other offenses. So the, the pilot project that took place in LA had restrictions on it. One of the big restrictions was uh DUI offenses, and we can talk more about that, but there was DUI offenses and then certain other events that's having to do with um, people have prior acts of violence, things like that, and uh, resulting in them being what's called a prohibited person. In other words, a person who's prohibited from owning or in possessing or, or, or buying a firearm. So in the waning hours of the legislative session, uh, literally the last uh, several t- uh, hours of the, of the session, a bill was, was, uh, that was much, much narrower was, was gutted and amended. In other words, uh, what was in it originally was taken out and this language uh, for a broad-based misdemeanor diversion was put into place. And, uh, and it has very, very narrow exclusions on it. It has to be a misdemeanor viola- violation of 273.5, which is uh, domestic violence, or 243, or a violation requiring 290 registration. So uh, those are the only exclusions, and basically everything else is fair game. And, and uh, because of the way they drafted it, if you get diversion, the fact that you got diversion cannot be used against you in any subsequent proceeding. In other words, you can get a DUI driving under the influence in El Dorado County. You can drive down to Sacramento County and get another one. And uh, theoretically, both judges could divert you and they couldn't tell you they're not going to give you a diversion because you previously been diverted. In fact, the the prohibition on using that diversion fact against you is so broad that it says it can't be used against you for any purpose uh, except if you apply for a job as a peace officer. Uh, That's the only purpose. So what that means is uh, first, second, third uh, misdemeanor DUIs and this whole structure that's in place uh, to prevent recidivism and driving under the influence, uh, for the most part, those in a high likelihood, those will not no longer occur because basically every defendant, is our belief, will be asking for diversion. And it would be uh, ineffective assistance of counsel for a, for a uh, attorney not to seek diversion. So, but there's another side to it. And uh, uh, perhaps that's what the author intended, but uh, we think pretty clearly, the author did not intend this other collateral uh, uh, effect. That is, there are uh, 45, at least 45 different misdemeanors uh, under the law of the state of California that uh, uh, if you suffer a conviction, you're arrested, you're convicted of that, uh, you are prohibited from owning or possessing a firearm. So, so that's the other side of it. So by doing it the way they did, they uh, uh, essentially, this, this statute will, someone uh, convicted of a misdemeanor battery with serious bodily injury, under current law, prohibited from uh, possessing a firearm for 10 years. Under this diversion, you can possess a firearm And it's uh, and uh, DOJ is not permitted even to disclose that you you have this uh, uh, this case that it basically it's gone away. We can go down the list of all these different offenses that are ones that most people would consider fairly serious. All of those cases, you could get diversion and uh, not be a prohibited person. I don't think there's any chance that the author of this bill realized that that was something that he uh, he was doing by this and amend at the last minute that was never heard in a policy committee, never heard in appropriations committee as well. So So, that's the overview.
0: Yeah, really helpful. Let me just make sure I got it. So is there any limit on the number of misdemeanors that you could get that could still be diverted? So could somebody get, you know, a DUI 10 times and they could all be diverted?
1: Yes. In theory, I mean, one would like to think a judge wouldn't do that judges sit for trial, with the exception that it's important to understand that you know throughout the state of California, we have visiting judges that are retired judges that uh, no longer sit for trial. Uh, we have uh, and it's not unheard of that that one of those judges or or even an elected judge uh, uh, could grant diversion for someone. Uh, multiple times for D- driving under the influence, and you know the, the response I've heard somebody say, well, maybe they just think a judge wouldn't do that, and it's like, well, if that's what you thought, then why didn't you just exclude it? It was the the original uh, uh, pilot out of L.A. County excluded DUI offenses, um, and and again to go back to this, the, you know, not uh, uh, properly vetting this bill. Uh, the, you know, through the normal legislative process. One of the big things that we simply can't get an answer to that's another unintended consequence is that uh, California uh, complies with federal law as it relates to highway safety. There's, there's millions and millions of dollars that come to California uh, with certain strings tied to them to say, you know, that uh, freeways have to be constructed a certain way, highway speeds, all of these different things. There's, there's a very elaborate, formula that comes out of the federal department of transportation and California gets federal dollars associated with it. Well, uh, uh, some of those uh, uh, rules require that you have these anti-recidivism statutes for driving an influence. In other words, first, second, third, you uh, first offense and you get a license suspension, you get a fine and you get certain minimal penalties like that. You have to go to a class second offense. It's more severe third offense. It's more severe. Um, those, those have been in effect for more than 20 years and they have, uh, caused the DUI offenses to drop by more than 50%, um, here in California. Uh, but even though they've dropped by 50%, we still had a thousand people that died from, from impaired drivers in 2019. So, so there's that side of it and the dangerous side, but the other side of it is there is a real risk that, uh, uh, that California will lose that highway money. So I've been in contact directly with Caltrans, with uh, uh, the California Highway Patrol and their legislative people, CSAC, uh, uh, who else? The various, every, everybody we can think of that might be impacted by this. And the first reaction that we get from everyone is, no, this was a bill having to do with elder parole or elder diversion. And, it, and it's like, no, this was another gut in that's been under the radar. And you need to take a look at it. And and uh, truthfully, I don't think anybody, including the author, could tell you uh, what this bill actually does, what the full scope of it is, and the full impact of it because of the way this was passed.
0: Assemblymember Ting is the author from San Francisco, correct?
1: Yes. Yes, you blanked out. I'm uh, sorry, you blanked out so, for a second.
0: Yes, yeah, so, sorry about that. We'll just edit that out. Hold on, just mark that the time. It's 741. Jack, you can catch that one. Great. So I'll just go back there. Apologies. So so let me ask you a, a, about the author and his intentions a little bit more. The author was Assemblymember Ting from San Francisco, correct? Yeah. Have you had a chance to speak with him about about this bill since it started moving through the gut and amend process? And I, I'm curious as to, as to what he does
1: think it does. Uh, you know, we've attempted to. Uh, uh, you know, we have a uh, uh, we have two lobbyists that work on bills, uh, uh, and uh, they attempted to be in communication, to attempted to look at it, and but no, we have not directly gotten a response back from him um, about this and, and what the full extent of this bill is. I
0: was really surprised personally reading the full list of crimes that are misdemeanors because um, some of these things are actually striking me as quite serious. So um, you've mentioned DUI, even repeat DUI. Uh, I'll, I'll just mention a few more that I saw on your list and, and if any of these you want you want to expand on because this I think would really surprise the public and a lot of members of the legislature. So vehicular manslaughter with alcohol would, would actually be included in this? Could be diverted.
1: Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it elder, could be diverted.
0: Elder abuse, something that's very top of the mind right now with with, with a lot of elderly folks stuck in long-term care facilities. Um, child abuse, is that is that right? Child abuse is a misdemeanor?
1: Yeah, it could be. Now, it, 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 some of these offenses are, are what we call wobblers in terms of they could be a felony or a misdemeanor. And it, it's entirely possible that a court could reduce offense from a, a felony to a misdemeanor and then grant diversion. Gotcha. So, or it could be filed uh, as a misdemeanor originally.
0: Okay. Um, assault likely to cause great bodily injury that that's a misdemeanor. Yeah, could be, um, hate crimes. Could be a misdemeanor. Fire- okay. could be hate crimes, which you mentioned, firearm offenses, which you mentioned. Um, one that really struck me, possession of firearm in a school zone, but that, that's a misdemeanor.
1: Right. Oh yeah. That's a misdemeanor um, um and, and a lot of these are straight misdemeanors
0: yeah so so that's a really alarming list of things that could just be wipe, wiped away and and forgotten um I, I mean I'm curious as to how big you see this the scope of this I mean you've mentioned that it, it you know there's there's very narrow exceptions but this this to me seems like almost a wholesale rewrite of the criminal code in, in California am I thinking about this correctly
1: well, I, I think that's a fair uh, observation, that it is, a, it, it is so broad in scope that, all right, so you know, the way a, a, an advocate on behalf of a criminal defendant approaches their job is that they have an ethical responsibility to pursue uh, uh, avenues of, of lessening the punishment on behalf of their client that are available to them. Because of the way this is written, it's so broad. And so, uh, so many different offenses are available to, to, to them that, it, you know, as I said before, it, it would be malpractice for a defense attorney not to try to argue to the court to get diversion on everything up to illegal sale and transfer of a firearm, theft of a firearm, uh, it, 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 giving a firearm to someone who is, uh, has been 5150 and is and not allowed to have a firearm they're a prohibited person. Um, uh, yeah, I can go on and on and on, but there's a whole list of them, uh, that, that we included. And these are, these are all offenses that, that, uh, can be misdemeanors that right now under current law, uh, I think it was, uh, I think Roger Jones-Sawyer carried the bill a couple of years ago that amended 29805, which was the penal code section that, that makes all of these things. 10 year prohibitions under California law from owning or possessing firearms. And, and it's pretty disturbing the number of different ones that you're eligible. And we believe uh, that there's no question that in a, in nearly every misdemeanor case that fits within this, the defense will certainly argue for it. And then it'll be up to the judge to determine whether or not, uh, diversion would be granted, which is an enormous change to, uh, to criminal justice and an enormous change to, uh, uh, the progress, I think, you could call it, over the last several years, to ensure that firearms are not in the hands of people, uh, uh, certain people that they, you know, should not have access to firearms. So I, I do want to say too that there's there's a number of other exceptions that um, that uh, uh, other misdemeanors that don't necessarily carry the firearms prohibition, but are pretty serious misdemeanors that you could get diversion for. Uh, Things like uh, uh, oral copulation with a minor who's 14 years or older. That's a misdemeanor. Uh, Digital penetration with a minor who's 14 years or older. Um, And uh, uh, we can go on that there's a bunch of other ones that don't require sex registration. But um, uh, let me see. Uh, Child endangerment, violation of domestic violence, restraining order, elder abuse, vehicular manslaughter or you're reading off some of those stuff you know it, it, it this is a pretty a pretty significant change in the way the, the criminal justice system will will function and it was all done without benefit of uh, either it, it input from the either of the chairs uh, 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 or the committees uh, uh, that hear public safety uh, or appropriations.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's so let's talk about this process. Um, so it, this is this is uh, done through a gut and amend for for those of, of our listeners who maybe don't know what a gut and amend or haven't been on the receiving end of it. Can you explain how that works?
1: Well, it, it, it does. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, in California, we have essentially a single party system to where uh, uh, the, the, the both houses, the assembly uh, as well as the Senate are controlled uh, by one party, as, and the governor's also additionally in that party. So in a gut and amend, at the last minute, there are, uh, let me back up, there, uh, uh, both houses have significant rules that say, well, a, a bill needs to be in print for a certain amount of time. The bill needs, you know, there has to be a hearing. There has to be a policy committee hearing. There has to be, If there's certain types of amendments, once it's passed out of a House, it has to go back for uh, uh, concurrence, all these different rules. Well, because of the, the system that's in place and because of the way uh, the COVID uh, session was so abbreviated, at the last minute, there was uh, uh, all sorts of rule waivers that were granted to certain authors under certain circumstances. And uh, under that, all of the normal rules in terms of what I'm calling vetting of a bill uh, were dispensed with, and uh, uh, you had bills that were uh, 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 members of the legislature would have no real way of knowing exactly what the bill and what the far reaches were of it because it had never had a a, uh, a policy committee write a analysis of it. It's just amended at the last minute, and then it's voted on, and then it passes out. So, you know, in our view, this is the this is the opportunity for, for, for Governor Newsom. He needs, uh, we believe, well, he needs to take a look at it and say, this is not the way uh, something this sweeping should be, you know, should be passed here in California, even if you agree with it. Even if you think these prohibited people should be permitted to possess firearms, which I don't agree with. Even if you think repeat DUIs uh, should be, uh, uh, permitted to get diversion and not uh, uh, be held accountable, uh, even though they've done it one, two, three, four times. Let's assume you believe that that um, the legislature shouldn't pass legislation this way. And the reason why it goes to the governor is the governor has the opportunity to serve as a check on that and say, no, we're not going to permit this to happen. You need to go back and properly manage this and, and make sure that this bill is vetted so there aren't unintended consequences like the state of California losing millions of dollars in highway money uh, and, and all the, on and on and on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let me, let me ask you about that. Have you had any conversations with the administration? Have, um, any response from them so far on what they think of this bill? Uh,
1: I know it's on the radar. We know that they're, they're looking at it. Uh, we know that they've, they've, they've heard from you know, the National Mothers Against Drug Drivers as well as the state. We know that they internally, I know that, you know, the various agencies, Department of Motor Vehicles, DMV, all of those agencies are trying to f- scramble to give the administration a an appropriate analysis. Um, uh, uh, and I know, I, I'm confident because I know, I've read the bill, I've studied the bill, I've spoken to their representatives, those different agencies. Um, they're They're struggling to figure out what this bill, actually, what the full scope is, because it's so broad um, I, I I don't think we mentioned before the Department of Motor Vehicles you recall they have a very comprehensive system for for uh, tracking people's driver's licenses in terms of if you're if you're first time receiving a license and you do a renewal, all those things, if your license gets suspended, uh, if your license gets revoked, all of that stuff. The Department of Motor Vehicles here in California monitors that and has a very sophisticated, robust system for ensuring that that they are able to, to you know, if your, your license is supposed to get suspended for 120 days, it gets suspended for 120 days. This puts all of this, all of that uh, uh, on hold. And I, I, I venture a guess that DMV is going to tell the administration that this has a staggering <clears throat> price tag associated with it because of all the new tracking that they're going to have to do as a result of it. So, but, but no, we don't know right now. We know that, uh, uh, we've alerted all these different agencies. It's on the radar. We know they're looking at it. Um, but, uh, we're hoping that, uh, uh, well taken in total that the governor looks at it. And like I said before, serves as a check and sends it back and says, you gotta, you gotta do a better job on, on this.
0: He made a really good point about the the fiscal impact. I mean, normally when a bill goes through, there's a what's called a fiscal note attached to it, where the budget office the legislature actually comes in and gives a written opinion as to a fiscal estimate for, for the impact. Did that happen in this case? No. So because of the gut and man just just completely. Yeah, because of the gut and demand. At a, at a,
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it, exactly right. It, amazing. It, it, yeah, they're trying to do it now. They're trying to do it now after the bill has been uh, chaptered uh, and they're trying to look at it. And part of the answer, they, you know, they can't, they can't know because the, the, you know, when talking to some of the lobbyists in Washington, um, what I'm being told is that uh, the U S department of transportation has a lot of control over the highway money that comes to California and uh, us making a change like this, puts that money in jeopardy. And now, you may say well california sued uh, uh the, 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 you know the trump administration had been pretty successful with that uh, and then they might be successful with that but why is it that we we took the risk and put this type of money in jeopardy and did it under these circumstances in a gut in the man that wasn't properly studied um, you know that's that's the thing
0: it's, you know, speaking of the, the federal impacts, do you know of any other state that's gone anywhere near this far in, in a diversion program?
1: No, no, we have not. And we've been trying to check. I mean, many states have diversion programs, some, some that actually apply to, you know, maybe first defense DUIs um, that says, you know, it goes for two years and you can do that and they do it to provide an incentive. So, so it's like, Hey, you're you, the, we know statistically that, Uh, a very high percentage of people that get uh, arrested and charged for driving while impaired uh, a very high percentage will never be arrested for that crime again in their life. Uh, But then there are those that will be arrested over and over again. So if you, there's some States, I think Florida is one, and I can't remember all the rest that they have a diversion program that says yeah, for a first defense DUI, you can get it. You get diverted for up to three years, two or three years. And, uh, if you're successful, potentially you can get it off your record, but if you get another one, it, it's as though the fence is still there. So, so, you know, it's an incentive to, to, uh, to comply with the law and not to get another offense. And, but nothing that we're aware of, that's even remotely close to what this bill does.
0: So, um do, do you know how this bill relates to employment applications? I, I know you said it can't be used for anything, but but does that mean that an employer can't even ask if you've ever been arrested for a felony, not not convicted, but an employee you know that's often the, the question the employer, employers you know can sometimes be in a case of really having to worry about the safety of a customer or something. Do you know if they would be allowed to even find out about one of these
1: arrests if it were diverted? No, I don't. I don't believe that they. Other than an application for a job as a peace officer, you would, uh, and a potential employer would not have any way of finding out because the Department of Justice and and uh, their system for tracking uh, criminal history, where you know you call it, everybody probably heard the term live scan. If you get live scanned, the information you get back. This bill is very clear that you would not get that information. Uh, a potential employer would not get that information. this this is a really
0: strange one um why don't i am just by asking this have have you seen anybody actively engage besides the author and mr ting on the pro side of this has has there been any organized support for this bill i you know really didn't see much about it at all in the press i saw i think a tweet from your organization (laughs) that's how we wound up talking but um has anybody come out for this that, that you've seen
1: uh not that i've seen i i really haven't and i've i've spoken to uh Uh, the Giffords group and a few of the other uh, gun control groups. And uh, the response that I get from them is, uh, I mean, frankly, it's, it's no, 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 that they would have exempted it. They would have exempted firearms prohibitions. And I said, no, they didn't. And it's chaptered out. And it's and they said, well, there needs to be an amendment to it. And it's like, you can't amend a bill that's already passed. Um, The governor can either sign it or reject it. And I think it's something of, you know, from that standpoint, to, to directly answer your question, it's like, I, I think for anyone who's familiar with it, regardless of where they are on the, you know, let's say on the political spectr- spectrum from a conservative to a progressive, everybody can find something not to like about this bill um, because of how sweeping it is. Um, I, I, as I said before, I just can't imagine the author intended people convicted of any one of these 45 crimes to to go from uh, you know in 2020 they're they're prohibited from possessing a firearm to in 2021 they're not uh prohibited from possessing firearms as a result of his bill
0: yeah super strange stuff um i hope people will read more about this what's the best way for for people to read more uh to find out more about what your organization does if if they want to learn more
1: well, they can always look at our website, uh, the California DA's Association, or they can, uh, uh, or, or on Facebook, uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, and uh, they can look, I mean, I have Facebook, I post about stuff like this. And you can always look at, uh, you know, look at the read the bill yourself. Uh, you, it's pretty simple, California legislative information. Uh, you can put that in and do a Google search and put in AB uh, 3234. Um, you know, since we've been talking about it, but a number of people contact me, say, you know, they did just that, and they were shocked when they looked at it for themselves and how sweeping it actually is.
0: Yeah, it really is. Well, listen, thank you for leading the fight against this. I certainly hope that you're successful. Um, to our listeners, I hope you'll help spread the word about this. And and you know, it's not the first time we've heard stories of things that kind of slip through with all the COVID noise going on. But I think some of the um, the true unintended consequences of legislation this session are only now starting to come to light. And uh, you know, first first rule is when you're in a hole, stop digging. And I hope that we can uh, get this bill vetoed, um, get get back to square one, try to find a, a reasonable program if if that's what the author's looking for. So, uh, District Attorney Pearson, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Well, thank you very much. I sure appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to Nation State of Play. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Google, Apple, Spotify or Amazon. For more information, click through the link on your favorite podcast app.